Hi everyone, before we begin today's show, I'd like to take a second to talk to you about today's sponsor, Evolution Athletics. Their sports training complex that's open at 9506 FM 835, just outside of Slayton, Texas. This training complex is complete with an open field of turf, batting cages, pitching machines, and accessory equipment. They hold camps, offer lessons in tumbling, and private lessons as well. They even rent out their facility for birthday parties or team get-togethers. Soon they will have a muscle factory that's going to be open so you can come in and get your body toned. They offer prices for each lesson or you can even start a monthly membership. If you're interested in any of these options, please give Matt Daniel a call at 806-548-1441 or you can email at ealubbock at gmail.com. Again, give Matt Daniel a call for lessons or to book an appointment or to start a membership at 806-548-1441. Also, you can check out their Facebook page. Just search for Evolution Athletics. Guys, I've used this place myself. They're a great family business. They make you feel welcome. They have super, super competitive pricing. If you use this facility, you won't regret it. They'll make you feel right at home. They'll make you feel part of the family, and you'll be wanting to come back. Give them a try, and let them know how much you appreciate you helping out their surrounding community. Also, mention this ad whenever you contact Matt Daniel for $5 off your next appointment or next month's membership. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Finney's Pod. As always, I'm your host, Matthew Finnamore. Got a few things going to get into this episode. Uh, my middle son's strong arms, the World Series, of course. I know you've probably got all the coverage you need if you follow ESPN and all the different platforms, but your boy Finney hadn't got to talk about it yet. Uh, talk a little bit of football, maybe a couple other things, see what we can get into. Uh, as always, just keep sharing this. Uh, do me a favor, send it to a friend when there's a new episode. Send it to somebody that, you know, drives around in a vehicle, has some time, or they like to have headphones in while they work out, or uh, do whatever their hobbies include. Uh, just send it to them. Maybe they'll like it. Maybe they'll send it to a friend. Like the Facebook page, Finney's Pod. Uh, invite friends to like the Facebook page. Uh, we're up to about 160 people on the page now, so I'm really happy with it. It's doing really good, but just do me a favor and continue to share it with me. Uh, I know you guys are the loyal seven, and I know y'all keep it going, and I just thank y'all for everything that you do. All right, so first I wanted to let you guys know about my middle son, Cross, about his strong arms. Uh, apparently he has strong arms and he likes to use them to break things. So what happened was it was my brother-in-law's birthday and he wanted to go to four golf with some of us. So uh, we have a niece that's in junior high now and she's starting to take on more responsibility and things. So we thought... You know, she could stay at our house, uh, 
our mother-in-law is real close and she can check in on them and help with the kids and everything. But for the most part, you know, our niece, she can watch the kids for a couple hours, uh, mostly on her own, or at least take on the responsibility of it. Uh, and it, that worked out fine. She did great. She was good with the kids. The kids love her and all the, all that's fine. So first you need to understand cross. He's three years old. He's our wild child. He's our second born. I don't know if any of you listening to this, I have multiple kids or, uh, maybe have multiple siblings, but we've always been told that the second born is the one that doesn't give a shit. And that is completely true with cross. He don't give a dang. He's going to do what he wants. He's going to jump off the kitchen table. Cause it looks like fun or put his hands in mud. Cause the mud's there. Uh, so that's cross. He's, he's the joy of life. He keeps things interesting. She watches them and we come home and I notice I've got a pair of Zungle sunglasses. Those are the sunglasses that do the bone conduction. They have the headphones built in, but they, they sit on the back part of your ear. It's supposed to be bone conduction so you can hear, but still have your, your ears open. They're, they're pretty cool sunglasses. So I like them a lot. Uh, but I walk in and the earpieces are separated from the glasses and one of the earpieces is broken at the headphone. So I start, you know, I just look at them for a second. Like anytime something shocks you, you just kind of stare at it and try to make sure that this is reality and not a dream. And immediately I know Cross had something to do with this. He's always trying to get my sunglasses and put them on and play with them and stuff. And usually I'm around to stop him, but this time I was not so fortunate. So, uh, call cross in and ask him if he broke those glasses. And of course he's saying, no, pay did it. Peyton, his older brother or Torian did it. His friend that was there or miles did it. Our little one-year-old, he did it. Everyone else did it so far. So I ask around and of course the older kids, none of them saw anything. They just saw him on the ground. Peyton's friend said that he just noticed him there and, my little investigation concludes that the three-year-old is guilty as charged, but I didn't see it myself. So it's all right. I withheld punishment. I just asked him again, cross. I know you did this. You broke him. What happened? He said, no, no. And I said, cross, I know you did it. It's okay. What happened? My strong arms did it. I <laughs> said, I just started laughing. I said, what? He said, I broke him with my strong arms. I said, your strong arms, huh? He said, yeah, they're just too strong. I just, I, at that point, how do you get a kid like that in trouble? I, you know, it's when they make you laugh, it's, it's too hard to do anything to them. I mean, I wasn't going to punish them that much anyways. It's, yeah, it's frustrating and hard to deal with, but uh, I wasn't there, and it's I'm sure it was at the least an accident, or he did it. Next time, if you break something like that, then the hammer's coming down. All right, guys, so... In case you missed it, which 
a lot of people did. A lot of people are missing a lot of sports right now because everyone's having low ratings uh, for basketball. The finals were low. The game one of the World Series was the lowest ratings ever for a World Series. Uh, NFL's numbers are even down a little bit, even though they're still king. So everything's down. But in case you missed it, the Dodgers, Los Angeles Dodgers, beat the Tampa Bay Rays in six games to win the World Series. One of the more interesting seasons you'll ever find in baseball. You go 60-game regular season. A lot of teams didn't even play 60 games because of COVID. Uh, players being out and after the Marlins debacle of everyone catching it, they learned quickly they would need to shut teams down uh, to prevent the spread until they thought they had it under control and then they could resume everything. Uh, and then they went to these uh, kind of mini quasi bubbles for the playoffs and they, uh, I don't know if they officially called it bubbles, but, they were playing the playoffs in, in sites. That way they could eliminate the travel and uh, try to prevent the spread. And uh, It worked. I guess you could say it worked uh, all the way until game six. Now, the Dodgers won in game six, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. But the true, true story that we were all deprived of and all missed out on is Justin Turner played great for the Dodgers, uh, did everything they asked him to, was hitting great, uh, playing up to his capabilities. He's done that for the Dodgers and their four World Series now. It's taken them four to finally win one. Uh, probably one of the more disappointing teams in baseball ever, and that's not to even get started on Clayton Kershaw. But Justin Turner was pulled in the eighth inning, and nobody knew why until after the game and after they won then it was revealed that he was pulled because he tested positive for COVID-19 now how you don't get your results until almost the end of the game I'm not sure what their protocol is I, I thought they were tested before every game in order to get the results before and they had a day in between this game because what they were doing was testing the day before. So that way, if anyone tested positive, they could take them out and still have a day in between to test everybody again if someone was positive and make sure. Something must have been delayed with the test and came up that he was positive. And in theory, their protocols should work because they were distancing and coaches were wearing masks and umpires and uh, they were encouraged, you know, not to spit, not to interact with the opposing team, and all these other things. And so, in theory, it should work. But they pulled him out of the eighth inning because he was positive. And then they win. And you can, you know, say, you know, he's got a greater responsibility and all that. But personally, I'm not going to blame the guy for running out with his teammates and celebrating with them. He was told not to. He was told to stay away, but when they won the World Series, that's that's something that a fraction of the percentage of people that play baseball 
will ever experience. And for all he knows, that could be his only chance he ever gets to celebrate something like that. And so I don't think you can hold it against him that much that he wanted to celebrate. Hell, his manager wanted him to be out there. So he was out there celebrating, and here they was even a story of a picture where he kissed his wife without his mask on and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm sure his wife didn't care if he was positive either. I mean, uh, she's going to celebrate with him. I'm sure she's proud of his accomplishments. He's, he's a great player and he was crucial to them winning. He crucial hits, you know, hitting home runs or putting the ball in play. He had one game where he was like three or four, for the game. I mean, he, he did a lot for that team, but it really, really, really would have been interesting if the Rays would have came out of that game and they would have gotten to a game seven. And one of the key players is going to be out of the lineup would, I don't see major league baseball delaying two weeks to get that player back. But you would think they would delay to make sure no one else was positive. But now what if three, five, seven? What, what's the cutoff where Major League Baseball does decide to postpone the game for a couple weeks? I don't know. Your, your guess is as good as mine. And now also... I don't I don't see them completely shutting down the World Series and just calling it a tie. I mean, we've had a year where we didn't crown a champion, but that was totally different circumstances. I, I don't know of any example where we've started playing a championship and didn't finish it. There's either got to be a forfeit or something. There's there's going to be a champion in whether it's financially responsible to do that or not, they would have crowned a champion one way or another. I, I don't, I don't adhere to the theory, but man, the story of a player being pulled in the middle of Game Six of the World Series and having to finish that series, what, what that could have been, and we just, we just missed it. Some people are still talking about it, but that's, that's 2020, y'all. I mean, that, that's, that's 2020 in a nutshell, right there. But my big takeaways from the game six, because, you know, everything that got you up to that point, you know, it's, you can go through a lot there. But game six, the biggest thing to me, and if you ever played baseball, I don't tell me if this was just me or not, but at the end of a close game or at the end of a game that you're down, I was always taught that you're when you go up there, your strike zone widens about four inches outside inside up and down you got to make a wide strike zone and be ready to swing at anything you cannot go down looking that is rule number one of a close game that you're down on is you cannot play scared you better put that ball in play because if you watch a strike go by you didn't give your team a chance at least if you popped one up in the air you just missed it but you gave your team a chance to keep going Two batters to lose the World Series go down looking. One guy watched two in a row. I I just don't understand how a Major League Baseball player can sit there and watch strikes go by to lose the World Series. 
I, I understand these guys haven't been in that scenario and they're dealing with an unbelievable amount of pressure, knowing the world is watching them, knowing that a championship rests on their shoulders when you're down two runs. There's a lot that goes into that. But you have to be ready to swing the bat. Anything, and they and they watch fastballs. They didn't get a curveball, didn't bend, bend their knees. And, you know, it was just a great pitch. They watched fastballs go by. One guy watched a great slider. Took it, took a great ball, but then watched the fastball go right down the middle, right down the pipe. How do you not swing at that? I know you're scared up there, but you got to be thinking swing, swing, swing. Unless the catcher can't catch it, I'm swinging at it. And that's just I shout out to Coach Rivera because I know he was just kicking the dirt somewhere and throwing a fit, and because it's just not baseball, and that's. Like I've said before, if you caught, I think it was on the first episode of why people don't watch baseball anymore, it's stuff like that is these guys aren't playing baseball. They're swinging for the fence every time. They're not putting the ball in play. They're watching strikes go by to lose a World Series. This this World Series had a record number of strikeouts. In that game six, there was 25 strikeouts in a nine-inning game. That was a record for a nine-inning game from both teams. There's only 27 outs for one team. And you had 25 strikeouts for both teams. That's insane. That's, I uh, I don't know what you think. The home run's great, but I like to see guys be able to put the ball in play, be able to place the ball. That's That's mastery of your sport, being able to hit the ball in the gap or hit a ground ground ball on the right side so the runner can come in from third. The the sacrifice is dead and and you saw that in this World Series. I mean, the Dodgers stole bases. I saw I saw a couple bunts get down. So you saw a little bit of it. And I know you've got a bunch of pitchers. Any any guy that walks out of the bullpen has 95 on him. Pretty much any guy. 10 years ago, there were probably 10 guys in the league that could throw 98 on a regular basis. Now every bullpen has a guy that can throw 98 damn near every pitch if he wants to. And it's just, it's a different game. Now the other thing that I thought was the big takeaway from this game and, and, and everybody's talking about it is they took Blake Snell out of the lineup or out of, out of the game. And you know, everybody's up in arms about that because he was dealing. He gave up one run, one on a home run early in the game. And then from that, he was just fanning guys. He was having no struggles with the top of the lineup, the, mo- the most dangerous lineup in Major League Baseball. He was having no struggles with it. He was working through it. He's their best pitcher. He's probably their best player. He's probably their most known player behind a Rosarena. And they pulled him out of the game. And the reason why they did this was because Blake Snell has never pitched in the eighth inning this year. He's always pulled in the seventh. If you look down his stat sheet, he got to six and a third, six and two thirds, five and a third. Whatever it was, he always got pulled 
before the eighth. He never made it that far. And then if you look further, he all, he's a great pitcher. The first time through the lineup, I believe batters are only hitting 304 through the first time. And the second time in the lineup's not much different. It's about 306. Only a few home runs in there. And then the third time, it goes all the way up to 400 batters are hitting against him. So by the time – so you could say he's an early pitcher. He's – you know, he can't pitch complete games. The guys start getting to him. But he was dealing this day. And, you know, I, baseball to me has always been a go with your gut instincts. How's the guy look up there? You know, you can – when you see a guy that's laser-focused – and it's dialed in, and he just has his stuff. And people always talk about pitchers, just they just have their stuff that day. If you've been around the game, you know what that looks like when a guy has his stuff. He's he's not blinking. His eyes are just glossed over. He's in a rhythm. You know, you can almost just make a, a beat to every time he's making a pitch because he's just in a perfect rhythm. And this was Blake Snell. And they pulled him, and he was pissed, and understandably so. And you're not going to find – a lot of great pitchers like that out there that aren't going to be mad at that situation. They're going to want to be in the game. And that's understandable. But they went with the numbers. They played scared. And you always hear, you can't play scared, you can't coach scared. And there's a reason for that. Because when you start doing things scared, that's how you lose. Because you're playing the what-ifs. Had... They left him in, and he started doing awful. You know, you don't get that scenario of, well, that's why we pulled him, you know, because if we could play the what if and say, well, if we left him in and he started, they started hitting him, then that, that's why we pull him. But you don't know that. And when a guy's dealing, sometimes you can't just solely rely on the numbers. you got to go with your gut. But the Rays haven't done that all year. This has been their thing. They went with what got them there. But that's why I say – you can't always just go by the numbers. It's just baseball is a gut feeling game. And the Dodgers showed you that they didn't play scared because it wasn't an elimination game for them. They were able to say, well, we can do this. We'll go with our gut. Urias is dealing right now. Let's leave him in. He came in in the seventh, struck three out, struck, came in in the eighth, set all three down. They brought him back in the ninth. Now, norm, numbers would tell you never to bring that guy back in the ninth, that he will get hit. But they do, They weren't going to get eliminated, so they weren't playing scared. So they left him in, and he struck out the last two batters looking. Now, this guy, he's he's a great two. He's, he's on a great path. He's, I believe, pitched in the most playoff games of anybody before the age of 24. But that's that's why... You always hear that don't play scared, don't coach scared, because you can't play the what-if game. you got to play to win. You're professionals. You make this money because you're great at what you do, because you're one of the best of the best. You have to trust yourself and believe in yourself. The Rays, the Rays you could say they did what they did, but I think they also didn't trust their, themselves. They didn't trust the best pitcher they have to do what he's been doing the whole game. The Dodgers did. They trusted their guy. They said, no, we don't need somebody else. He's dealing right now. We'll go with it. And that's the World Series. They finally won one. One out of four, I guess, 
you know, when you get a championship, that means not having to say sorry. And now the Dodgers don't have to say sorry. They they got their elusive championship. And lastly, we'll touch on the NFL real quick. Cowboys, I don't want to talk about it. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, I told you. I, I think jury may still be out on Cliff. Kyler, I think, is that dude. I, you saw in that game, they're still doing the fast pace spread, but they're beating guys with the run. If Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, if they can beat guys on the ground and then still have the passing game if they need it, I, that's that's scary. And then having the number two ranked defense, they didn't stop Seattle a whole lot, but they got three interceptions off of Russell Wilson. That that's something that that team that team could be legit. They've got the potential. So I I would look out. And per request, the 49ers, they're they're rolling back into what they should be. Jimmy Garoppolo playing the whole game. He's not getting taken out. They're running the ball, setting up the play action. They're playing good defense. Then it feels weird. They're, you're going to have bad games from great players. Just you go, you go and look at Mahomes, and you say, well, this is the definition. You can always count on him. He's not going to have just a bad game. He might throw an interception because he's forcing it, or he might not throw for 300 yards, but he's going to throw for 200 at least. That that guy's different. That that never never happens. Guys have bad games. The goat Tom Brady has bad games. It, if this year is any indication, you could say it's age. But so Jimmy Garoppolo is allowed to have bad games, and you don't have to jump to the conclusion that he's a fake starter or that he's not really the guy that the 49ers made a mistake paying him all that money. No, Jimmy Garoppolo is a top at the least 15, maybe top 10 quarterback. And in the NFL right now, that's saying something. When you have a lot of all-time greats playing at the quarterback position with Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, if you can crack that top 10, that that's really, really saying something. And as good as coaching as the 49ers have, they could wind up being in the same place they were last year. Now, the NFC is a little bit more competitive this year. The AFC is is like the West in basketball. But the NFC is definitely respectable. Outside the NFC East, of course, because, like I said, I don't want to talk about it. The Eagles still suck, though, so we can talk about that. But I, I, th- I think a lot of conclusions were jumped to on the 49ers and they're still, they're still a great team. Jimmy Garoppolo's fine. They'll run the ball. They'll set up play action. They'll do exactly what they did last year. And it works. You don't fix something if it ain't broken and the 49ers aren't broken. They don't need to go fixing anything. And lastly, guys, uh, there's, I know this isn't a radio show, so 
I can't really take callers as much as I would love to to, you know, the loyal seven that listens to this show and love to take your questions or thoughts and it can be about anything and I may not know the answer, but I'll bullshit my way through it. Or, you know, you can give your opinion and tell me what you think and why I'm wrong and why I'm right or, you know, just your take on things. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, so like I said, I know I can't take callers, but I do have a capability uh, on the app that I use to record this podcast to take messages. So I'd really encourage you, if you'd like to, uh, I'll leave a link on Finney's Pod on the Facebook page, uh, and I'll try to drop a link somewhere on the podcast page uh, for you to leave messages. Uh, If not, you can go to the Anchor website and search Finney's Pod, and there's an easy way to do it there, but... Uh, leave a message, you know, give me a hot take, you know, something that you think about any sport or ownership or, you know, a question about what I think on a subject. It doesn't have to be just sports. Uh, it can be in life in general. Like, you know, me, me and my wife are remodeling our bathroom right now. Uh, so if anyone's got some advice for it, I'd, I'd love to hear it. You know, leave a message about that. Uh, If I get some messages enough to be able to play on the next podcast, I'd love to do so. I'd love to hear from you guys, have some interaction uh, with my listeners. You can also, if you don't want to leave a message, if you don't want your voice on the podcast, uh, write something on Finney's Pod on the Facebook page. Just search for Finney's Pod, F-E-N-N-Y-S Pod. Write a message on there, a question, and I'll read it. Uh, tweet me at mattfinney7 search for matthew finnamore uh write me on facebook do whatever you know and i can i can put it on there uh but i love to interact with you guys so thanks so much for listening continue to share continue to like this episode download subscribe review and then after you're done with that unsubscribe and then resubscribe and then re-download re-rate re-review share it with your friends like the Facebook page. Thanks again, guys.